Thank you, Jenny. Wasn't that a blessing? Great song. He is our enough. And he's not just enough like barely. He gives us over and above. He gives us all of himself and all of the blessings and everything. So we're so thankful for that. Just want to pray for Walter and Lorraine today. They're both sick. So let's pray for Walt and Lorraine that the Lord will heal them. We're missing quite a few people out of town and different things today. But shall we open in a word of prayer? Father, we're just so thankful that we can be here this morning. It's such a great privilege. We thank you that we have the freedom in our land to 
have open doors and our lights on and no one making us afraid, Lord, because we have the freedom to gather as Christians in your name and help us never to take this privilege lightly. It's a great privilege and a great benefit and a great blessing in our country. And we pray now as we read your word together and as we share our thoughts from the scriptures that you will hide me, Lord, behind the cross and that you will be glorified, Lord Jesus. And may your word touch each heart in a unique way today and help us to go forward encouraged, challenged, and uplifted as we go into the rest of our Sunday and into the new week. Help us, Lord, to be dedicated to you. And so we pray that you'll lead us now by the Holy Spirit. We pray in your precious name. Amen. You know, we live in a very dark world. It's dark spiritually, it's dark morally, and it's dark ethically. All you have to do is tune into the news and you'll hear some new revelation about a politician or someone else who's got involved in all kinds of sin and all kinds of corruption and evil and wickedness. We see it everywhere from the highest echelons of society right on down to the lowest echelons of society. And we as believers stand out, and we should stand out as children of light because in the midst of the darkness and all around us there's darkness, we need to shine brighter for the Lord every single day of our lives. And it's a challenge for us. It really is. This world, when you're truly saved and you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, this world is not a comfortable place. It's like being a fish out of water. The world has a different language they speak. They have different ideas, different philosophies, different ways of doing things from the Christian. And when you are out there in the workplace, or you're out there at school, or you're out there in the, in the marketplace, or wherever it is, you hear all kinds of terrible things going on. And we just have to have, Lord, clean our minds, clean our hearts, help us to, to live godly Christian lives so that people will see the difference. We can't go around with our noses up in the air thinking we're better than anyone. That's not what the Bible talks about. We're to be separated from the world and be set apart for him. We can't go out of the world, it says. We're in the world, but we're not of it. And he wants us to live as children of God, as children of light, in the midst of this very dark world. So as we begin our message today, I'm going to share from 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 and 7, this principle of the scripture of light and darkness. Light and darkness have existed from the beginning of time. And it says in 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 7, This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of his Son, Jesus Christ, cleanses us, from all sin. The title of our message today is Light in the Midst of Darkness. If you've ever gone out to the country where you're not affected by all the lights of the city and all the noise and all that, it's so peaceful and quiet, go out on a country road and you can look up into the stars and they just seem brighter because there's no distractions. And so as Christians, he wants us in the darkest circumstances and situations of this life to shine brighter for him. He wants us to show his love and his faithfulness in this world. You know, when God created 
the heavens and the earth. He created it in six days and then rested on the seventh day. Well, the very first day of creation, it says in Genesis chapter 1 and verses 3 and 4, that God introduced for the first time light and darkness. It says, Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and divided the light from the darkness. Now, if you look at that from a purely physical standpoint, we all like the light. We like the sunlight. You go outside today, you're going to enjoy a lot of vitamin D, a lot of sunlight. It's very good for your body, for your health. But spiritually speaking, the light is a symbol in the Bible of truth, holiness, purity, and righteousness. And that's what we want to be. We want to be children of light so that we show Christ's life to this world. On the other hand, darkness is a symbol of deception, evil, and wickedness. And we live in very dark times. And that's why we need to live as children of light. You know, when the devil fell, he fell because of pride, and he wanted to elevate himself above the throne of God, above God. He wanted to be in that place. And so the Lord banished him from heaven. He was thrown out, and one-third of the angels followed him in that rebellion. And what they did is they came down to earth with a vengeance, and they brought darkness to the earth. They brought evil and sin. And then we see later on, Adam and Eve sinning against God and sin comes into the human race and now it's in the nature of the human race and it's in our nature. But thank God that we've been forgiven of our sins through Jesus Christ and his blood and now we can live as children of God, as children of light in this world today. You know, the, the Bible says of Satan, he's called the prince of darkness. He's the prince of darkness. He loves darkness. If you ever notice, when crimes are committed, they're not committed in the morning very often. They're not committed in the afternoon or early evening. When do they commit it? Under the shadow of darkness. Sadly, yesterday, someone broke into our storage unit here and stole all the equipment, yard equipment that we had. They came under the cover of darkness. Evil people, wicked people, stealing from a church. It's happening. We look around us, the world is not getting better, it's getting worse. Progressively worse, every day it gets worse. Anybody that says it's getting better, they're in darkness. They can't see, they're blind to it. But may God help us. And right now, as we're sitting here in this building, there's a conflict going on in the heavenly places between the forces of good and the forces of God and the forces of light on one side and the forces of darkness and the forces of sin and evil on the other side. It's a spiritual battle that goes on. And we've just been studying recently in Scripture Memory class spiritual warfare. And part of being spiritual warriors is we're children of light. We're sons of light. We go out. We put on the whole armor of God, and we stand up for the truth. We're going to look today at three things that begin with the letter T. First of all, the transformation to the light is the very first thing. Secondly is we, we trek. We trek in the light. We live in the light. We, we live for the Savior. And third, our testimony, our testimony of light in this world. You know, the Bible clearly teaches that each one of us are born in sin and conceived in iniquity. We're born in total darkness. If you've ever been in a room or a cave or somewhere where there's no light at all, it's almost debilitating. You don't know where to step. You don't know where you can touch something. You feel you're going to fall. Some of those, ca those caves down in uh, 
Carlsbad, the caverns, you go down there and they shut the light off and there's no light and you're just, what do I hold on to? The world is like that spiritually, total darkness. There's no knowledge of God today. It's funny, you can go out and do an interview with people and sometimes they do that. They ask them basic questions about people from the Bible, basic questions, who is Moses, who is Abraham, who is Jesus, who is David, whatever it is. They don't know. People have gotten further away from the Bible as time and society has gone forward. And the Lord expects us to be those children of light, to bring the light into people's hearts and bring the light into their situation. When I went to get my car in 1991, a, a new license plate, I decided I wanted to get one of those personalized plates. And you might know the story. I went there. I was going to get 2 Corinthians 5.17, which is a great verse that says that in 2 Corinthians 5.17, you're, you're a new creature in Christ. Therefore, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I wanted to have that verse. And they said, well, I'm sorry, that verse is taken. So I said, okay, I need another verse. What verse should I get? So I decided on John 8, 12, and I'm really glad I get it because sometimes people ask me, what is the John 8, 12? And I get a chance to share it. I am the light of the world, and he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And ever since we get saved, we have the light of life in us. We have God's truth in us, God's light. And we're walking on the path, and he's shining his light down on us so that we can see in this world. We can make the right choices. We can make the right decisions. We can do what is right in his sight. But it's sad to say that a lot of people, given the choice, whether they're going to stay in darkness or they're going to come over to God's side and choose the light, so many choose darkness. Remember that story in Star Wars, how Darth Vader started off as a great Jedi warrior. He was really good, but he was seduced by the dark side. And he came over and he became Darth Vader. Until the very end of his life, he turned against the emperor, turned good, and then you see him going on with the, uh, with the story. But it's amazing how he, he turned. And when you're saved, you turn from darkness to light. And it's a great transformation. It's a great change. Remember that story of the Chilean miners. About a year ago, maybe a little over a year, they were trapped underground for a long, long time. And I was worried about them. I was saying, how are they going to breathe down there? How are they going to survive down there? They were not just a little ways underground. They were way down underground. And finally, they found a way to get to them. And the excitement was building and building and building. And finally, you saw the first miner coming up out of that dark, dark mine. They had not seen the light of sun or the light of any light for all those days. And, and finally, they came up. And it says that the bright light was so bright, they had to have sunglasses on because it was so bright. Can you imagine a Chilean miner? He comes up and he says, he sees the light, he sees the freedom, he sees this is great now, I don't have to be down there anymore saying, ah, this is pretty good, but you know, I liked it down there. I liked it down there in the darkness. I liked it down there by ourselves. We were down there. No, not any rational, reasonable, mentally competent person is going to want to go back down into bondage and darkness. But that's what people that don't know Christ are doing. They hear the truth. They hear the message of salvation that they can be set free and have eternal life and light in Christ. And they choose darkness over light. They choose it. And they, it's a sad, sad decision. 
In Colossians chapter 113, we're all familiar with that verse. Sometimes we read it at the breaking of bread about how the Lord has delivered us from that darkness and given us his light. It says in Colossians 113, he has delivered us from the power or domain of darkness and tra transferred us or conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Jesus Christ is the son, S-O-N. And when you look at that sun in the sky, that sun is shining continually down upon us. If we didn't have that sun, we would freeze to death, we would die. And just as that is true in the physical realm, Christ is shining in your heart today. He's shining on your life today. He's given you that hope and that peace to carry on. It's a transforming thing. Someone once said, some people change their ways when they see the light. Others only feel the heat. And isn't that true? Some only feel the heat. They don't change or amend their ways. But why do people choose darkness over light? I mean, it doesn't make sense, does it? I mean, wouldn't you rather be in total light than be in total darkness? And yet, spiritually speaking, people choose the darkness all the time. Well, the Lord Jesus knew we would have that question. And before we even ask the question, he answers it for us in John chapter 3, verses 19 to 21. He tells us exactly why people love darkness more than light. Listen to the word. It says, And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world, and men love darkness more than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light that his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done by God. You know, when you're, when you're in darkness... When you're in sin and the light shines, you feel uncomfortable. People get convicted by the light of God's truth, and so they want to turn off the light. They want to turn off the light of God's creation. The Russians tried to do that, or I should even say the Soviets when they did that. They tried to squash Christianity. They tried to imprison all the Christians. They tried to, to just make people in such fear to be a Christian. And what happened? The Christians are now prospering, and the Soviet Union is is gone. And the wall has come down. Darkness has lost. Satan is a loser. He's the prince of darkness. He's a loser, and he's going to have his final end in the lake of fire. And he is evil angels as well. Yes, the light is convicting to people, but for the child of God, light is encouraging. It's challenging. I know I always worry if I hear a Christian say, I don't want to be convicted. Give me a message that won't convict me. On the other hand, like Mike Sousa says oftentimes, he says to Adel, he says, give me a convicting message today. Convict me. And a true child of God who's walking in the light wants to be convicted because they're not ashamed of their life and behavior. They're seeking to please the Lord in every way. And that's what we want to do. But it's a choice. It's a choice we have to live. We can either choose to live in light and walk in that light, or if we choose to go off the path even for a second into darkness, we are going to pay a penalty for it. We are going to pay a price for it in our lives. But the choice is, is for every person today. Will you choose Christ and choose his light, or are you going to choose to stay in darkness? That is the choice that every person has to make. Secondly is trekking in the light. The word trek is an interesting word. It has to do with going out and walking, moving, keeping forward. And that's exactly what we do on a daily basis. And when you're trekking in the light, you're walking in the light. Sometimes you go out at night and you say, it's so dark, I'm going to take a flashlight 
with me out on the path, right? So you walk out there in the dark and you got the flashlight and you shine that flashlight and you can walk just as securely as, as anything because you've got the light shining down. And you don't shine it up here like this when you're walking, right? No. You don't shine it over here, over here. You shine it right on the path in front of you so you can see. And that's what God does for us. He shines his light the light of his word and the light of his Holy Spirit, right down on our path where we're living today. He wants to shine onto us so that we can know what to do, what to say, and how to live our lives. He wants to shine that light in our lives so that we can be children of light in this, in this world. Once a person accepts Christ, there is joy, there is peace, there is love in the light of our salvation, and we're so thankful for that. Think about what the Lord Jesus Christ went through for us on the cross. He endured total darkness on that cross. It says in the last three hours of his, his dying hours on the cross, there was total darkness from the sixth hour till the ninth hour. And he cried out to God, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. And he died for us in darkness. Kind of reminds me over in the Old Testament where the nation of Israel, before they were really a full nation, they were in in uh, Egypt, and it says one of the plagues was darkness. And God brought darkness over the whole land of Egypt. They couldn't say, it says they couldn't see their hand in front of their eyes. It was total darkness. It was a pitch darkness that has never been seen before on the earth. They couldn't leave their houses. They couldn't do anything. They were totally immobilized. And yet in Goshen, where the Israelites lived, where the Hebrews lived, total light. They were out having parties and swimming and having fun, and birthday parties, and all these things, and celebrating, and light, and joy, and, and over there through the whole rest of the land was darkness. And that's kind of the way it is for us as Christians, too. We live in darkness. We live in the darkness of this world, and God has given us light in the midst of that darkness. And what a joy and a privilege that is. And he's given us his word to show us how to live in this world. And in Psalm 119, in, one, in verse 105, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And he gives us the direction that we need. You know, before we're saved, we're living by our own ideas, our own thoughts, our own plans and purposes. We're living by what the world says is the right thing to do. But when we get saved, God shines his light on us, and, and we realize, wow, look what I was doing. And we're not, we're not ever proud of what we did before we got saved. But you know what? All those sins, all that darkness, all that evil is under the blood of Christ, forgiven. God says, I forgot about it. Now go on and walk in the light. And that's the great privilege we have is being born again. And our Heavenly Father gives us His Word. He gives us the Holy Spirit to walk in the light. I'd just like to read a few verses now from Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 8, which is one of my favorite portions on the kind of life that God wants us to live. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 to 14, and Ed's going to put it up on the screen, telling us how we should be walking in this light. And, and this portion was written, think of this, about 2,000 years ago, and you read this portion like you were reading it today, like it was written today about our society when you read this. It's, it's totally amazing. And that's the way it is. The Holy Spirit wrote this book for people of all ages. And we are so blessed for, to have it in our hands. It says, For you were once darkness, but now you were light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit, or the fruit of the light, is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. 
and have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. You know, it's totally a wonderful passage of Scripture because we go out in this world and there's darkness out there. There's a lot of evil things and shameful things going on that we don't even want to repeat. We don't want to even talk about them. We don't want to even use the words that they use. They're bad. And so God tells us to not have any fellowship with those unfruitful works of darkness, but rather even expose them. And any child of God who gets saved and is walking in the light and is then, then seduced by the dark side, as it were, seduced by the devil, gets off the path, is going to go to ruin. It's going to, you're going to have a bad turn. And so God has to then bring us back and get us back on the right path of light again. Because you step out of the light for one second. Think of the decisions you could make for your life that are so destructive. Just one second outside God's perfect will. One second. And so we have to be so careful that we walk in the light, walk in obedience to him, trust in him, and he will do great things for us. But you know, the Lord is looking for seven-day-a-week Christians. He doesn't want us just to walk in the light and be good Christians and, and please him on Sunday only. No, it doesn't work. We have to be seven-day-a-week, 365 days, 24-7 Christians. That's what he wants us to be. And when we do get out in the world and we do mess up and we do get into anything that's not right, the Lord says, confess it immediately. Like it says in the scriptures, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous or faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And sometimes we say, Lord, I shouldn't have said that. Why did I say that, Lord? Please forgive me. He'll forgive us. Why did I do that, Lord? That was a dumb thing to do. That was bad. And then the Lord says, I forgive you. And then we said, Lord, I shouldn't have got involved in that. I shouldn't have gone to that place. I shouldn't have been with those people. That was not right, Lord. Please forgive me. And he will. And he'll restore us back to close fellowship with himself. And he'll help us to walk back on that path again of light and truth. In Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 5 in the Old Testament, we see this subject mentioned also where it says, O house of Jacob, come and let us walk in the light of the Lord number of months ago, maybe almost a year ago, maybe more, time goes so fast, we sang that song in the choir which called We Are United in Jesus Christ. Do you remember that song? It's got a nice beat to it too. Well, one of the, one of the verses of the song goes along with the message because it says, We are united in Jesus Christ. We are the soldiers of the light. We don't wrestle flesh and blood, but principalities of the dark. We do our marching to one beat, Crushing the enemies under our feet, we are mighty in our stand with God's word in our hands. See, <laughs> Cameron and Katrina know that. They're thinking of the tune right now. It's a beautiful tune and a beautiful words. And we are soldiers of the light. And we're going to go out into darkness. And we can be victorious with the Lord's help. We can't go out and do it on our own, though. We're going to mess up. We're going to fail. We're going to fall. But when we trust the Lord, he will give us that victory to walk in the light of his word. He wants us to live clean lives, holy lives, pure lives in this world. And when we do that and we have that as our desire, he will bless us. So we've seen the transformation to the light, from light to darkness, that God has done it. He's transformed our lives. 
And we've also seen the trekking of the light. We've seen the, how he wants us to walk in the light and separate ourselves from this world and be the Christians he wants us to be. And now we see that he gives us the testimony of the light. One of the greatest possessions I have and one of the greatest possessions that everyone here has as a Christian is your testimony. Your testimony should be guarded greater than your car, greater than your house, greater than any possession you have. Guard that testimony. It takes years to build up a testimony. It takes a second or a minute to lose it all. May God help us to shine as lights in this world so we can guard our testimony. Over in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16, the Lord Jesus Christ tells us how important our testimony of light is in this world. And he says in Matthew 5, 16, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. A lot of times we forget that wherever we go in life, people are watching us. People are listening to us. They're going to see. I want to see if that person is a real genuine thing or are they hypocrites and if they find a little kink in your armor they're going to say see he's a hypocrite see she's a hypocrite she says this she says that she doesn't do it or whatever may the lord help us to be a shining light for his glory to reflect his glory to the world yes people watch our every move the question is will people believe your testimony and the only way they'll believe your testimony is if your life backs up your words. Because you could have the best words and preach the best sermons and give the best uh, example that way, but if you don't live it, people are going to write you off. They're just another one of these people. Talk. Lots of talk. They say talk is cheap. I like Bill. He used to do this with his hand like this. Talk, 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 talk. And it's true. People are like that. Even Christians, and it's sad. God doesn't want... Our talk. He wants us to talk. Yes, there's times to talk, but he wants the life to be backed up by the word and by our lives. If we don't, it's not going to work. One day, uh, St. Francis of Assisi, he was a very famous man many years ago, and he had a lot of young monks that looked up to him. And one day he decided to take along one of the young monks with him. And we'll call the young monk, uh, we'll call him Eric. So he says, Eric, I want to take you with me to the town today to preach. He says, great. St. Francis has taken me. I mean, of all of us, he's chosen me to go to town to preach. I'm so excited. So the novice was just delighted at being singled out like that, and he was excited. So they passed through the principal streets, turned down many of the byways and alleys of the town, made their way out to the suburbs, and at length returned by a circuitous route to the monastery gate. And as they approached it, the younger man reminded Francis of his original intention. He says... Francis, you have forgotten that we went down to the town to preach. He said, my son, we have preached. We were preaching while we were walking. We have been seen by many. Our behavior has been closely watched. It was thus that we preached our morning sermon. It is of no use, my son, and listen to this, it is of no use, my son, to walk anywhere to preach unless you preach everywhere you walk. And I thought, wow, Lord, that is so true. That is so true. God is concerned about our lives, how we walk in this world. He'll give us the opportunities to share. There'll be time for preaching. But preaching and practicing go together, and our life speaks so loud, even louder than words, if we live for the kingdom of God. 
The question is this morning, do we preach everywhere we walk? Do we carry the message of the gospel in our attitude? Do we carry it in our desires? Do we carry it in our lifestyle? Do we carry it in our words? If we do, the Lord will richly bless us. Christian testimony is a lifelong commitment to Christ to carry that testimony with us. There was a man named Joseph Aldridge, and he once said, God's evangelistic strategy in a nutshell is this. He desires to build you and me into the beauty of his own character and then put us on display. And I thought that was really true. That's what God wants to do. He wants to take us. He wants to save us. He wants to beautify us with the Holy Spirit. He wants to fill us with his word and his power. And then he wants us to put us in display on this world. It's been very easy for the Lord to, to write the gospel in the sky and just or use angels to communicate the truth. He didn't do that. He says, I want to use Alan. I want Alan to be my man. Alan came to the, from the Philippines. He came here as a young man. He got saved at Safeway. And Jeff and the, all the different ones working there, he got saved. The Lord changed his life, and then the Lord has blessed him. And on and on, we all have a story about how before we were saved, and then the Lord saved us and gave us a new life, and we can say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for changing us and making us light. He wants us to be consistent light bearers in this world. You can't just be a light bearer one day or two days. You've got to do it every single day. If you've ever seen pictures of the moon or heard about astronauts that went to the moon, and we're planning another excursion to the moon coming up pretty soon in the next space missions. The moon in and of itself is totally dark. Totally I mean, there's no light. And you say, well, how can that be? You look in the night sky, Dean. You just look in the night. And you look tonight. Tonight, look. It's bright. It's beautiful. How can you say it's totally dark? The reason is the only light the moon has is the sun that shines on it. And it reminds us as Christians, the only light that we have is the light of Jesus Christ. If it wasn't for his light, we couldn't shine. We couldn't be anything. We would be in total darkness. But he shines his light on us so that we can then reflect that light and that glory to others so that they can see the truth and be saved. Peter said it very well in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 12 where he talked about the early Christians there. And he says, Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when, you speak, when they speak against you as evildoers, they may be by your good works, which they observe, glorifying God in the day of visitation. So many times, people can disagree with your words about the Lord. They can. They can argue, 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 but they can't argue against your changed life. They can't argue the fact that you were this way and now you're this way. They can't explain it. They can't. It's a transformation, as we said, by the light of God's word. It changes us and gives us a new life. May the Lord help us today to be those who walk in the light. Yes, light in the midst of darkness. So just to sum up, we can see how easy it is to see the contrast between light and darkness. You can see it. In the daytime, there's light, night, dark. Crimes committed in darkness. In the light, we live. But spiritually, it's different. We have to live in that light, and we have to live daily, consistently letting our light shine before others. Not to say we're going to be perfect. We are going to have failures. We are going to sin. We're going to have to confess. But the Lord wants us to live that way, and he wants us to walk in the light. He wants us to be different. He wants us to show his 
power to others. And we have to remember that the light that we have is a testimony we carry with us every day. You may not have your Bible in your hand, but you have it in your heart. And the more verses you have in your heart, and I put a plug in all the time for scripture memory class, because those verses will come back. They'll come back at the needed time, and God will allow you to use those verses to share. We've all had experiences like that. That's what it means to walk in the light. Carry the light with you. Let his word just flow out of you as you follow in his ways. So as we go to the Lord today, if there's one person that's still in darkness today, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you know you have never given your heart to him, don't stay in the darkness. Otherwise, you're going to be like those Chilean miners. You are down there, underground, total darkness. He wants to save you. He wants to change you. He wants you to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. He will forgive your sins, give you a new life, but you have to say, I want it. I want the light. I want salvation. I want heaven. I want to be with this, the people of God, with the Lord forever. And we have to make that conscious choice. Doesn't matter if you're younger, older, or anywhere in between. Every person has to make that decision to accept Christ, to move from darkness to life, from death to life, to, from agony to great joy. And may the Lord help us as Christians today to let our light shine, to walk in that light, to be the light of the world. One of the greatest and most beautiful verses in the scriptures is John 8, 12, as I mentioned. Well, there's another verse, and he mentions it in John chapter 9, where he looks out to his disciples and he says, you are the light of the world. Now, what he meant by that is pretty soon, I'm going to be as the light of the world. I'm going back to heaven. I'm going to come back at the rapture. I'm going to come back and bring you to myself. But right now, you are the light. I'm going to take the torch. I'm going to pass it to you. Carry the light. Take the light. Live in the light. Show the light and be a blessing. So shall we just close in a word of prayer? Father, we're so challenged by your word today because this world is dark and sinful, Lord. It's evil. It, it just bothers us so much when we go out and we hear terrible words and actions and see horrible things happening around us every day. Even what mothers are doing to their own children, Lord, it makes our hearts bleed and cry. But we're thankful, Lord, that you saved us out of that life of darkness. You gave us new life in Jesus Christ. And we don't go back to that old life anymore, Lord. There's nothing back there in that darkness that we want. We want your light, Lord. We want your salvation. We want to live lives that are pleasing to you. Help us, Lord, because we're human beings. We struggle sometimes. And we pray that you will strengthen us by your spirit and by your word and just help us to be victorious Christians and to let our lights shine in a beautiful way that people will say, wow, I didn't know Christians were like that. They they really do believe what they say, and they live it. Lord, help us to have a testimony like that. So we just commit this day to you and pray for your perfect blessing in our lives. In Jesus' precious name, amen.